Welcome to The Enneam Mom. I am your host, Kendra Green, and you are listening to episode number three. The title of today's episode is, What's Your Stance? It's part one in a three-part series, and today we're going to be talking specifically about the withdrawn stance. My hope is that it will be short and sweet while being fun, informative, and encouraging, and I'll share with you what my stance is. So listen in. I am so excited about today for many reasons, but one of the main reasons is that it is Fun Friday. We named Fridays Fun Friday, and last week in our episode, we talked about naming things. So we named Fridays Fun Fridays for a few reasons, but one, it helps me to stay in a positive mindset. Usually by the end of the week, I'm exhausted, I'm tired, I'm tired of corralling the children and, you know, rushing them out of the house to get them to school in time, Um, but it helps me to stay in a positive mindset, and so in the morning when I tend to get frustrated, I remind myself, it's Fun Friday, it's Fun Friday, it's Fun Friday, so it also helps me to um, think of ways to make it fun too, so usually after school, the kids will get a treat or um, something like that, maybe ice cream or candy, and then Um, We usually order a pizza or something like that, and then um, they think it's so fun to get to uh, buy their lunch at school on Friday. So today is Fun Friday, but it's also Fun Friday because it's podcast day. I am so excited to sit and share with you guys today. Um, You know, this morning I had to use Fun Friday as a motivation tool. Um, You could call it threatening, but it's a motivation tool, and I had to use it to help keep Lainey on task. She is my squirrel child. She's always bouncing from one thing to another. Uh, She's very easily distracted, and she lives in her imagination. If you have a child like that, God bless your soul, and I am with you. So I had to remind her that if she wanted a treat after school, she needed to listen. Okay, y'all, today we are going to begin discovering more about the different Enneagram types. I like to start by introducing stances, also known as your social style. It's the fundamental way in which you solve inner conflict. That's what I would typically do in a typing session where I help my clients discover their Enneagram type. If you can figure out your stance, that'll at least narrow all of the types down to at least three. There's only three types that are in the withdrawn stance. And in case you're interested, I offer those typing sessions for free. So hit me up if you want a typing session. But I believe that understanding your Typing your, your stance is one of the easiest ways to narrow it down. So we talk about you as a parent, what the different stances might look like for you, and what they might look like for your child. And on this episode, we're going to focus on the withdrawn stance. Next week, we're going to explore the assertive stance. And then the next week, the compliance stance. If you saw my Instagram video that I posted this morning, um, again, I'm recording this on a Friday, so you might have to go back if you're listening to it later, but you may have noticed that I mentioned Landon is an assertive child. He is 100% an assertive child. I have no doubt about it. And I am in the withdrawn stance. So that's why we're talking about the withdrawn stance today, because this is my podcast and I get to do what I want. Um, <laughs> so we're going to talk about me first. I'm in the withdrawn stance. So Between him and I, there's a bit of a challenge there. And what's funny is that I feel like three out of four of my children, including my husband, are all in the assertive stance, while only one, Lana, is withdrawn. So 
that makes for a fun mixture there. But before we get into things, I want to set some boundaries or guidelines when it comes to typing your kids or even typing people in general. It could be your husband, your friends, uh, people you don't really know. You want to be careful because you don't want to use it as a label. It can be detrimental, especially to your child. If you label them, maybe tell you, tell them how you've labeled them and either praise it too much or show your disdain for whatever qualities brought you to that conclusion. Because at the basis of every child, they want to know that they are accepted and that they are valued and that they are loved. So they'll either play into that label or they're going to resist it. So in my mind, you know, I have a rough estimate as to what my kids' types are, whether um, they're a three or a seven or an eight, but I don't tell them. Um, I also don't want to completely settle on a type because children are going to present themselves as they feel like they're best received as they grow up. You'll notice kind of a metamorphosis as they grow older. And it's really not until probably late teens, early 20s that um, that true type emerges. So what we want to do is use it as information on how to respond to them and how to flex to their needs. As their parent, we want to be flexible. You know, we have we need to have boundaries. We need to have guidelines, but we need to be flexible to the needs um, that, you know, that they need. So this goes for anyone and not just for your kids. So keep these boundaries, these guidelines um, in mind as you do this. So when you try to define people without really knowing them, it can be a bit offensive. What we want to learn how to do here is use the right language. We want to learn how to use the right language and ask the right questions. And the point of all of this is for us to discover, experience, and express the original connection to God's design that we all have. Each of us are a reflection of God's character. And so we need to understand that there's not any one type or any one stance that's better or more important than any of the others. We are all a reflection of God's character. So as we discover our type, what we want to do is pull back layers of protection that we have built on, layers of pride, layers of our own ego, and really reveal our true selves. And only then when we know our true selves it's an, and it's a journey. It's not going to happen overnight just by discovering your type. We can get a clearer picture of how to get, a better ver- get to the better version of ourselves. So let me take just a minute and explain what the withdrawn stance is, and then I'll give you some real-life examples of what it might look like. So the withdrawn stance. Those are four, fives, and nines in the Enneagram. And again, you don't have to know your uh, type today to hear this. This might help you actually figure out what your type is. Um, Or if you already know your type, hopefully this will just give you more insight as to um, why you do the things that you do. So withdrawn people are those who move away from people. Um, These types don't have much differentiation between their conscious self and their unconscious self. Um, Their unprocessed feelings, thoughts, and impulses are regularly coming up and welling up to the surface through daydreams and fantasies. All three of these types respond to stress by moving away from engagement with the world and into their inner space and their own imagination. Nines can withdraw into a safe place and to a carefree space in their mind. Fours withdraw into a romanticized and idealized fantasy self, and fives withdraw into a complex and cerebral inner mind. So in common language, 
they all can zone out and they all go into their imaginations very easily. These types have problems with staying in the physical. So they have a problem with staying present and with getting all of their imaginations, getting out of their imaginations and into action. Okay, so the automatic sense of self that arises when they come into a room is, I don't fit in and I'm not a part of what's going on. I'm not like these other people. The four and the five most clearly feel separate uh, from others because they reinforce their sense of self by staying apart and being different. In a room full of people, fours would typically be more, a little more standoffish and aloof, and they would act in some sort of mysterious fashion. And again, that's not always intentional, but that sometimes is how it appears. On the other hand, if they were uh, maybe not in the best mood, they might simply leave um, or even not show up, especially if they feel like their sense of um, social obligation is maybe that it's too much, like maybe they're overwhelmed and like, oh, it's just too much for me. Fives may not mind being there, but they would be just as happy being at home reading a book or pursuing their own interests. And here's the thing, if fives stayed at a party, they probably would sit on the sidelines and watch everybody else and be just fine doing that. Or they would socialize if they get, were given a job. If um, you, know, you ask a five to go around and take pictures, they're more likely to stay and be engaged in what's going on. The nines, they might enjoy the gathering and even participate, but they would still remain disengaged. They might nod and smile um, when really they're thinking about an upcoming fishing trip or they might tune out almost entirely and just tag along with someone, allowing the other person to do most of the decision-making, allow the other person to do most of the social interaction, while a nine just remains silent and um, good-humoredly unresponsive. I like that phrase, good-humoredly. I feel like nines are usually always good-humored. It would seem that all three of these types, the four, five, and nine, withdraw to get what they want. Not that they even do this on purpose, um, but they subconsciously detach if their needs are not being met. They will go into their own thoughts and minds to solve the problems and refine their ideas and can spend a lot more time on the thinking and processing side before they ever bring any ideas to light. Being a four, uh, just in my own personal opinion, it can be difficult if I'm expected to give a response over something that I don't already have the information about or if I haven't had time to process it. Withdrawn types um, usually need a bit more time to process and when it when they're pressed for an answer and they're not ready or if they feel as if someone is being maybe a bit overbearing, unless this type has done work in this area. Um, for example, I feel like in our early 20s, maybe in our, maybe all of our 20s for some of us, um, we're doing a lot of work on ourselves and trying to be the better version. Sometimes we um, create coping mechanisms where things that were once a challenge for us aren't so much a challenge for us anymore. So, um, Anyone in the withdrawn stance, if they've done work on this, they may be a little bit better, but um, they might, if, if they feel like someone is being overbearing, um, they might give a reaction that they don't want to give. They might react instead of responding, and um, they may even withdraw further. So these types, when, for example, sat at a table in the corner of a restaurant, may feel a bit exposed and would rather be more comfortable sitting at a side table. I remember one time I went to dinner with a friend who is also a five. Uh, well, I'm a four. She was a five. We're both in the withdrawn stance. 
And of course, we were sat right in the middle and we felt so exposed the entire time. It was funny. Um, we were like, um, are, these, are you sure these, these are the only seats? So we felt like we had to like talk quietly and um, not be so uh, noticeable. Um, but in terms of your children, this is going to be the child that isn't going to love it when you brag on them or talk about them in front of other people, especially the people they don't know well. It doesn't even have to be something negative you're saying, even just talking about them in general. They don't want to be the center of tension and maybe a little bit more slow to assert themselves. Um, it doesn't mean that those in the withdrawn stance don't enjoy being around people. I think that's something um, that most people believe about those in the withdrawn stance. It's not true. Um, those in the withdrawn stance do enjoy being around people. And in fact, I believe it's possible to be in the withdrawn stance and seem extroverted. I say seem because um, to be extroverted means that you draw energy from being around people. And for example, I seem extroverted to a lot of people that don't know me, but when I have used up all of my words, I'm done for the day. Um, it drains me to feel like I'm having to perform or that I'm having to, um, you know, just have small talk and, and talk a lot. So at the end of the day, I can get really drained if um, I'm doing things that, exp you know, that uh, call for me to be a little more extroverted. So being in this stance, I want to point out that it highlights that four or fives and nines all have a challenge when it comes to taking action. This was revolutionary for me. It helped me to see what, where my ch challenge area is, but not let it define me and not let it rule over me. So I know that because I'm in the withdrawn stance, I have a challenge when it comes to taking action. Uh, four, fives, and nine all think, feel, and talk more than they act <laughs> and can even feel dissatisfied with life because they know it needs to be done but aren't as confident in knowing how to take that next step. So knowing this about your child and being able to walk through them, or I'm sorry, not walk through them, walk with them um, through their next steps and gently instruct them little by little on what they need to do is so helpful. So Lana is in the withdrawn stance. And um, I know if I tell her to just go clean her room, it completely over overwhelms her to the point where it might shut her down. So I have to go give her little bits of things to do, like, Lana, go pick up all your shoes. Okay, when you're done with that, then just pick up your dirty clothes off of your floor. When you're done with that, then make your bed. So if this is you or your child, know that small tasks that produce a sense of accomplishment is one way of getting the action ball rolling. Motivation is a difficult thing for people in the withdrawn stance. Getting started is usually the hardest part, and overwhelm is a real feeling for these types. So um, one tip I want to give you is, is not, so, not focus so much on the overall picture with them, but um, give them the next step, just the thing right in front of them so that they don't get overwhelmed. C.S. Lewis says, the more we let God take us over, the more truly ourselves we become because he made us. He invented us. He invented all the different people that you and I were intended to be. It is when I turn to Christ, when I give up myself to his personality, that I first begin to have a real personality of my own.
Before we conclude our time together today, I'd like to take a moment and as always, read a scripture and a prayer with you. And this scripture applies no matter what your Enneagram type is, because I feel like in the day and age that we are living in, we all deal with uh, feeling like we don't have the strength it takes to get through and maybe feeling a little weary and a little weak. It's from Isaiah forty thirty one, and it says, But they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not be faint. So good. And then this, the prayer is an excerpt from um, Every Moment Holy, my favorite prayer book. And it's called A Liturgy for the Ritual of Morning Coffee. And while I hope you already had your morning coffee, um, here is the prayer. From the discords of yesterday, resurrect my peace. From the discouragements of yesterday, resurrect my hope. From the weariness of yesterday, resurrect my strength. From the doubts of yesterday, resurrect my faith. From the wounds of yesterday, resurrect my love. Let me enter this new day aware of my need and awake to your grace, O Lord. Amen. Hey friends, thank you for joining me today. I am so honored to share this space with you. I would be so humbled if you would uh, subscribe to this podcast and then go share it with a friend that you think would benefit from it. But I hope to see you next week as we talk about what's your stance in more detail again, and we will talk about the assertive stance. I'll see you then.